The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. much to discuss on the thing yes so much chris hi everybody hello welcome rough house podcast we're in september holy fucking shit Uh, yeah the internet's home for pro wrestling talk the rough house podcast (laughs) exactly the only one we're the the, only one the a number one pro wrestling podcast that's right top of the pops yes top of the heap yeah. Not going to get well, better than top, this one. Top of the Pops is a show in the UK, I think, yes, right? Yes, yes. It was like their version of American Bandstand. American, uh, American Bandstand, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Pre-American Idol. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got through it. The The big weekend, the weekend of all weekends. Uh, we knew that this was going to be a packed one, so probably this episode just going to be focused on the shows of this weekend. I, I don't really recall anything major. There's a little bit of fallout from some of those shows worth discussing, but Chris, I want to jump right into it. Yes. What I think was the biggest show of the weekend, most anticipated at least from my side, not not the one that was in the States, no. 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 One that was international. Chris, I'm talking about the return of the Great British Bake Off. Let's get into it. <laughs> big throwdown. Episode by episode breakdown. Yeah. Uh, the guy who was in the old Greg episode of the Mighty Boosh, is he still on that show? Is yes, that the show he's yes, on? Yes, yes. Okay, all right. I've never seen an episode of it, but I've seen like a promo, and I'm like, oh, it's the old Greg guy. Yes, it, it is It is charmingly <laughs> pleasant. But yeah, it was cake week. It was a devastating opening week for the Baker Dozen but it was a hell of a shit. No, of course, the biggest show of the weekend's all out. We'll get there, though. We'll get have there. Have they ever incorporated cake farts into the Great British Bake Off? <laughs> they have not, but they they have been because they added, uh, oh God, I'm forgetting his real name, but the guy who played Old Greg, they added him yeah. two seasons ago because they moved okay. the networks, so they changed presenters. Okay. And uh, the show's been getting a, a little more risque in its humor. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. I mean, um, it does a show on BBC 69, because if that's the case, <laughs> then they should definitely do a Great British Bake Off After Dark episode, <laughs> and they just make dick cakes and, uh, you know, paint vaginas on the cakes and such with uh, with fondant. Well, that was one of the gags about how phallic 
one of the cakes okay. looked. Yes. So, All right. so yeah, yeah. Always um, like a good uh, dick themed dessert. Uh, uh, never a favorite. Never bad. Never bad. <laughs> but uh, three big shows yesterday, Chris. We had uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Royal Quest show out of London, England. We had the Copper Box. Yes, we had NXT Takeover UK Cardiff outside mm-hmm. of Cardiff, England, and of course AEW's All Out in Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. Uh, alongside uh, a, a relatively quiet, if I'm honest, weekend at StarCast. Uh, a yeah. lot of people kind of thought this was going to be uh, a, a controversial weekend as we had the, the CM Punk sit-down Q&A. Um, right. Relatively bland, <laughs> if I'm honest. Uh, I mean, it was CM Punk telling old Ring of Honor and WWE stories and I basically think... <laughs> saying he's done. Yeah, I think maybe Mr. Brooks realized that the last time he spoke in a public forum at great length cost him a lot of money and heartache. So I think he chose his words a wee bit more wisely this time and uh, probably for the better. I mean, sure, everybody wanted some juicy tidbits. And, you know, if he was thinking about getting back into the business, either in the ring or behind the scenes or on commentary or something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I think the the one bit that came out was that if WWE reached out to him. That he would talk uh, yeah. with them, yeah. uh, obviously not committing to anything, but uh, you know he would have a conversation. Uh, but he's not reaching out. Exactly uh, is exactly. what he clarified there. Now I'm not sure if he was asked about AEW uh, proper anymore uh, for more elaboration on the text message uh, deal mm-hmm, sort of thing mm-hmm, that came mm-hmm. out uh, a couple weeks ago. But um, you know it was an AEW adjacent event. Uh, mm-hmm. Not officially sponsored by AEW, but, um, you know, sure there were some some rumblings and, you know, long shot predictions that he may show up in some form last night at Double or, no, or All Out. Yes. And uh, spoiler alert, he did not. Yeah, yeah. No punk, uh, no reference to punk. Uh, yeah. I mean, no CM Punk chant even. Um, yeah. Which, uh, hey, good on you, Chicago crowd. You don't normally reserve uh, the right to not do that. Normally, you just do oh. it when you're bored. That's um, a WWE crowd. And fair this point. was very much not a WWE crowd. Very, very fair point. So which one you want to get into? <laughs> I, I know we haven't had the opportunity to watch Royal Quest. Uh, I know you watched UK TakeOver. Part of it. Um, and we both got to see All Out together. Uh, which one do you want to yeah. hop into first, my friend? Let, let's get the... Let's get the New Japan and uh, and NXT UK out of the way and then dig deep into uh, All Out. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, Royal Quest was, uh, I believe it was the first airing show of the three. Um, it yes. Was live on Fight TV. There were apparently some issues with that, so I'm very glad I didn't decide to drop 25 bucks and instead just wait for it to be uploaded to New Japan World. Um, right. In terms of the show itself, uh, I'll just dig into the matches that are probably the the important ones. Um, Will Ospre- yeah, we had a couple title changes in there. We we did. Uh, so Will Osprey and Robbie Eagles had what was probably the match of the night against El Fantasmo and Taji Ishimori, the Bullet Club. Uh, this was a coming out party for Eagles. Uh, Osprey definitely on a mission to steal the show and. And be the guy uh, in London, which made a lot of sense because, you know, that's his home. Uh, yeah. Crazy spots. Shout outs to uh, such tandem duos as SATs and uh, the um, 
Motor City machine guns from the the Twitter gifts I saw. They were pulling back all sorts of mid two thousands tag team spots, but yeah. uh, apparently just a super wild match with Osprey and Eagles going over and issuing a challenge for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles uh, against ELP and Taji Ishimori. Yeah, and you, the I I do enjoy the Birds of Prey uh, yes. name that they've yes. given themselves, which is which is pretty uh, pretty great. Um, and you know I can't imagine any match with uh, Osprey and Ishimori on opposing sides could be considered bad by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah. this is one I'm very much between this and the main event. Those are kind of the two I am really uh, frothing at the mouth to watch. I I'm right there with you. Um, I will say a little surprised that Osprey is going to be going after the junior heavy tag titles because i kind of felt like after his g1 he's a made i know he has the junior heavyweight title yeah but he's kind of a made man in the heavyweight style he, <laughs> he didn't take the shingo approach of saying hey i'm a heavyweight now all the time but uh definitely a little surprised to see osprey in well, the junior mix he didn't beat okada so Fair. he doesn't get an automatic match and i think Right now, you know, there's more for him to do within the the junior division. Um, But I think that, you know, his showing in the G1 kind of leaves it open for at some point when he loses the junior heavyweight championship or, or doesn't win the junior tag championships and, you know they need a new challenger for whomever the uh, IWGP champ is that he, he's kind of just ready made for it. Absolutely. Another match I'm looking forward to watching when it does hit New Japan World is the IWGP heavyweight tag team title match as the Gorillas of Destiny of Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa defended successfully their tag belts against Aussie Open of Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. Uh, I've heard this match was out of this world. Granted, the person who told me, I had a friend who was there live, uh, he's super into the Aussie uh, wrestling scene. So okay. for him, you know, this, it was his boys getting a big opportunity on a big stage, but it's Sounded like the match was built around putting over Aussie Open, and I wouldn't be shocked to see those guys, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher, pop up uh, on a Japan tour in the not too distant future. I mean, tag league's coming up, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's so, October time frame. So yeah, yeah. So that that math uh, checks out. I don't know much about them, um, yeah. but you know, I, from God recently, have been uh, have been in some really good matches. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I will watch that. Absolutely. <laughs> For the never open weight title, we got a brand new champ as Kenta defeated yes. Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, again, from everything I've heard and I've seen, that was very good. Uh, the one downfall I've heard is uh, Kenta got knocked out towards the end of the match, which kind of fucked up the finish. But uh, up until that point, it was everything you wanted. Uh, Ishii and Kenta just throwing bombs at each other, including a great moment where they both sat down. Uh, Shibata, style. Yeah, Shibata style with the legs crossed and just slapped the shit out of each other, which really yes. is what you want out of those two guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, any, you know, Ishii gonna Ishii. And yeah. I guess Ishii, Ishii a little too hard in that match and uh, shoot, <laughs> shoot, uh, made Kenta go to sleep uh, for, right, uh, right. for a second or two. So, you know, that's the uh, that's the risky run with uh, with the stone pit bull there, brother. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that's one I've, I've forgotten about that. I'm looking forward to, to seeing that one as well. And yeah. Kenta just being fully realized dickhead shithead want to punch you in the face guy yeah uh that's kind of where you need to be and i'm 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 excited for that right there with you um what i thought was a shock we have a new rev pro british heavyweight champion as the ace himself hiroshi tanahashi beat zack saber jr in london england 
Yeah, you kind of figured Tanahashi was going to go continued on a downswing um, Mm -hmm. after his showing in the G1, despite having some really good matches. But, you know, his final record, not making it to the finals and all these sorts of things with with Tana. He was kind of doing, you know, uh, maybe maybe the ace is too old uh, Mm storyline here. But nope, comes out. And uh, I don't know if it was a a pinfall or a submission on ZSJ. But, uh, you know, the the cocky Brit loses in uh, in his home on his home turf, which. I'm sure the crowd there was maybe a little mixed. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that there are some Tanahashi fans there, but also, you know, that's their boy. Exactly. ZHA. Exactly. Uh, and then the main event, which really is the thing I'm looking forward to the most. I mean, uh, as as I always do, I I pull up the results from the Wrestling Observer for these shows just so we can refer back to finishes and and notes and that sort of thing. The way this match, this main event, is described is, I quote. This was a work of art. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, was this uh, penned by Dave, I'd imagine? Uh, no, it's one of the other contributors there. But I mean, uh, you know, hyperbole, yes. But does it make me even more excited to see this match? Absolutely. Kazuchika Okada defending successfully the IWGP heavyweight title against the angriest man on the planet, Minoru Suzuki. Uh I love these two against each other every time it yeah. happens. Of course, last time was the Minoru Suzuki 30th anniversary match out in the rain, yep. uh, which is one of my favorite weirdo wrestling match scenarios of all time. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch this. I hear the London crowd lost their shit for the match, lost their shit for Okada. I saw a video of uh, the Kazaininare of yeah. the, the London crowd, and they were super into it. Like, uh, I, I bet this got... All the right uh, elements for a big fight feel and a big time main event. I feel like if if there was a uh, a hypothetical showdown between two of the angriest people I've ever seen on my TV, it would be uh, Suzuki and Seth Bullock from Deadwood. Uh, <laughs> just shoot character wise, just like he just always has that look like yeah. I'm gonna fucking punch you in the face really hard. Yeah. And you know, if there was a uh, you know epic uh, fake battle of history, Suzuki versus Seth Bullock in in, in Deadwood, South Dakota, I'm I'm a hundred percent for that somebody make that happen please <laughs> yeah don't know what it takes but uh we, we'd love to see it happen uh the second big show of saturday uh popped off on the wwe network as nxt uk has their second takeover in cardiff uh continuing the legacy of nxt third, right? uh i think third takeover the, total uh i think second it's only their, uh, i think it's only their second takeover total because the first one was in january They've had the uh, they've had the the uh, UK Championship specials, but I believe this is only the second UK takeover. I thought the first one had uh, done defend against Coffee in yes, that match. That was the first one. Well, then the second one was when Walter beat Dunn. That was at uh, NXT Brooklyn or NXT New York during Mania Week. Oh fuck, you're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, I get I, I get confused because I don't watch NXT UK. <laughs> it's okay. I don't know many people that do. I hear it's a great show. I've seen a few episodes here and there, as I've said on here before. Uh, what I've seen has been very good, but uh, you know, I don't I don't watch it regularly. Yeah. But, I don't know. I'm trying to do the math in my head, and I just am not awake enough to do that. <laughs> it's all good, buddy. Um. So yeah, NXT UK Takeover Cardiff or um. Uh, it sounded like a hell of a show. Uh, Noam Dar beat Travis Banks. 
not too surprising that Dar was one of the first guys out because he's one one of the ones with a a taste of the main roster being part yeah. of the Cruzador division. The Scottish Supernova. Exactly, exactly. Um, then we rolled into a bonus match as Cesaro earlier in the week said he would be making his presence felt at uh, the NXT UK TakeOver, and Cesaro went one-on-one with Ila Dragunov. Uh, Ila Dragunov, uh, best known for his work in WXW in Germany. I heard this match was absolutely fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, anytime Cesaro shows up with a fresh opponent, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. So I only caught the last uh, match and a half of this card because, you know, it was Saturday afternoon. And I had shit to do. Um, yeah. But uh, hoping to catch up on it uh, this week. But, yeah, Cesaro and, uh, you know, not Ivan Drago, I'm there for. <laughs> the NXT UK tag titles were on the line in a triple threat. And we have new tag champions as uh, turns out they're the local boys, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, who you actually – called randomly i did on call our, it on our patreon episode <laughs> uh beat the grizzled young vets and galaxy to win the tag titles uh i definitely yeah. want to see that one also mark andrew's band provided the theme song for the show so i don't yeah, know if that did. was a telegraph on it as well but you know the mark andrews fans uh making out big on this show we had a last man standing match where joe coffee beat bomber dave mastiff well, that's a hell of a nickname uh I don't really care for last man standing matches, but apparently this match kicked off with them breaking the top turnbuckle after okay. ripping one of the guys in the ropes. So damn uh, shoot. Uh, I I don't think it was because they worked uh, they worked some uh, some spots with the quote unquote broken turnbuckle. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's at least a, a fresh spin on certain things. Yep. Another shock title change is we have a new NXT Women's Champion, or excuse me, NXT UK Women's Champion, Kaylee Ray. Uh, not being confused with Kylie Ray. More on her later in the show. Yeah. Um, Kaylee Ray beat Tony Storm in under ten minutes to win the NXT UK Women's Championship. Um, definite surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about Kaylee Ray uh, and how she's been built or whatever. Uh, obviously, I'm familiar with certain aspects of Tony Storm. Yeah, oh, 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 a little twelve thirty time action. Um, but um, <laughs> I did catch some of this match, and the crowd uh, definitely seemed stunned by the finish. It was not a not a super hot finish. They didn't totally lose their minds like uh, like the crowd did for other matches, uh, or at least for the main event that I saw, and I'm assuming they did for the other matches on the card. Um, but it was, you know, Tony Storm just is, uh, is, is full-on beast mode, and we were discussing yesterday, um, you know, whether or not this means she may be making the move uh, to the States a little more often to be part of the weekly NXT mm-hmm. live show, or if it's just a, a change for the division there, it's building a new person up for her to, you know, have a rematch and maybe win it back. Who the hell knows? But, um, yeah, I mean, know, they, th- they could run back the Rhea Tony rivalry now in the States since Rhea Ripley, yeah. as we saw on NXT this week, now uh, getting in the mix for the NXT women's title on NXT proper so they could run that back because I know they mm-hmm. exchanged the women's title in NXT UK from the jump. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. I mean, Tony Storm has future women's star written all over. I mean, I think oh, she's yeah. only 23, 24 years old. So she's mm. got she's got mm. some time ahead of her. Uh, mm. But uh, uh, Kaylee Ray, I mean, hey, good for her. Uh, you know, winning, yeah. winning the title, winning it on a, a big event like that as opposed to the TV tapings, which 
clearly most people ignore. Yeah. <laughs> so, Get your goal, girl. Get your goal. Exactly. Exactly. And then the main event, uh, a match that I've heard nothing but great things about. 42 minutes long. Walter successfully defending the NXT UK title against the big strong boy, Tyler Bate. Now, this is definitely becoming a theme with NXT main events, whether it be UK or proper, of the, like, probably longer than it needs to be, kick out of everything sort of thing. Like, there were definitely shades of Johnny Gargano in Tyler Bate Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. this match here. And I don't know if that's a Shawn Michaels thing or a Triple H thing or whomever is uh, is putting these matches together. Um, But that being said, if that's the only quibble, then that's still pretty good. And the match was pretty good. I mean, you know, Bate is a fucking stud. We've said that uh, since the start. And, you know, he's out there. You know, they they laid it out well in that, you know, he tried to do all of these, you know, big strong boy things early on but couldn't do. So he had to wear down Walter and became the star story of cardio. And the longer the match goes ev- uh, uh, the longer the match goes on, who's it going to favor? And then Tyler Bate just absorbs a fucking massive shit ton of, of big Walter offense. Like his chest looked miserable uh at the end of that match and there was there were some crazy high spots too walter ain't afraid to to go up top and do some crazy shit um so yeah it 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 may have been maybe 10 minutes too long um but it was it was entertaining and at a, a couple points like i fully bought into the false finishes so that's really what you're looking for yeah uh i can't wait to sit down and, and get the opportunity to to really watch this one, um, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Tyler Bate. He's a guy with a huge upside. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some people online already going. I wonder if this means that uh, British Strong Style getting called up to NXT proper in time for the uh, USA show, which yeah, I would love to see that. Uh, they had a, a bit of a curtain call at the end, right? So right. Uh, I was waiting for an angle to happen, like you know. Walter retains and then, you know, walked up to the ramp and was joined by the rest of Imperium. They did their pose and then kind of walked off and we were left with Tyler Bate in the ring, just, you know, convalescing to his injuries. And then out come Trent Seven and uh, and Pete Dunn, you know, to help their boy up. And I'm like, all right, somebody going to come out and attack. Is somebody going to turn on somebody? Right, the- right. I'm so conditioned to expect an angle at the end of a show. Um, and then nothing happened. They just helped uh, bait up, did a little, did their little thing, their yeah, little two-sweet thing. Um, yeah. And then uh, it went off the air. So it kind of seemed like a goodbye to the UK crowd for, mm-hmm. for now for those guys. And, you know, like you said, uh, if it does – end up with them coming to NXT proper. I think it is a smart choice because they're all very super talented and you're going to need people to fill two hours that can put on, you know, really good matches and British strong style have definitely proven that to be the case. Um, so, you know, even if it's not as a trio, if it's just, you know, bait and seven doing a tag thing and, and done doing his thing as, as it has been most of the time, I think that works as well. Absolutely. Now let's get into the, what is probably going to be the majority of the show here um, because it was a long, long evening in the Windy City uh, from 
the pre-show to the end of the card, we're looking at what was a five-hour show. Um, yeah, this was longer than SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, there were some points where you could feel that length. Um, yeah. I, I, I will say, uh, just high level, if you're listening and you haven't had a chance to watch and you don't want any spoilers for All Out. See you um, next week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I will just say, uh, you know, I thought it was a good show. I don't know that it was as good as Double or Nothing. Um, I think part of it was because it ran so long. Um, there there yeah. were a few matches that, that went length, it, it, a rather significant length that did not need to. Um, yes. But on the whole, enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Hot matches, hot angles, big moments, paid off some stuff that you wanted to have paid off. Um, not really a lot of angle building for the future. I guess they're waiting for TV to start to, yeah. to do that. Um, but there were some things in the uh, Alex Marvez hosted post show oh, no. that, uh, that are, are hinting towards the future. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But let's kick it off with the buy-in, which aired free on YouTube and BR Live. We started with the women's casino battle royale. Uh, 21 women and then, or sorry, 20 women and then a 21st as the Joker. Yeah. Um, I think this was put together a bit better than the original Casino Battle Royale, but I absolutely hate this, uh, you know, four or five women start in the ring and then there's five, yeah, five women start in the ring and then there's five more who come out later and, like, there's no... There's no drama to it. Like half the fun of like a Royal Rumble is the anticipation of, oh, who's coming out next? Yeah. And there were a few moments where I was like, oh, there's so-and-so. But because it's all compacted with four other people coming out, it just, I don't okay. know, it, 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 it diminishes a lot of it for me. Maybe I'm alone on this island, but it the, the match style does nothing for me. I don't I don't I don't dislike it to the level that you do. Um I, I kinda I, I like it because it's some they're at least trying something fresh and new with an old tired idea. Um, you know, the battle royal, royal rumble sort of thing. It's, you know, them trying to put their own spin on it. And I, you know, I, I respect them trying and uh, you know, it, it I guess I, I buy into some of your uh complaints about it with it losing the impact of like, oh shit, yeah, fucking um you know, whomever. I don't even remember all the surprises that came out. Yeah. Oh, it's Big Swall. Oh, but yeah, there's there's also Ivelisse and uh, and there's Jazz all at the same time. So you kind of, you know, can't focus on being excited for one. Um, but, you know, in terms of giving people more space to do shit uh, in a ring, you can't do that with a battle royal because everybody's in there at right. the same time. Right. So, you know, you kind of you kind of lose that big scrum of having 20 people in there and then just having a couple quick um, eliminations that don't mean anything. So the, it, it kind of gives the eliminations a little more meaning this way, having everything uh, staggered in their uh, entrances. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they had them. Um, Nyla Rose, I believe uh, started was mm-hmm. in the first batch of women in there and Britt Baker came in on the second wave. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I have the listing here. Uh, okay. The groups were first wave uh, starting out the match. Uh, the librarian, Leva Bates, 
Fabi Apache from AAA, Priscilla Kelly, Solandra oh, yeah. Royale, who apparently won like this Dusty Rhodes scholarship to become a pro wrestler, okay. um, which is why she was part of the show. And Nyla Rose were the first group. Uh, second group was Penelope Ford, Shaza McKenzie from Australia, Sadie Gibbs, Big Swole, and Britt Baker. Okay. Um, third group was Tennille Dashwood, Eva Lise, B. Priestley, Brandy Rhodes, and Awesome Kong. Uh, the Final group was Allie, Nicole Savoy from Shimmer, Teal Piper, who was a big nothing burger after how much yeah. they hyped her, uh, ODB, which was one of the surprises of the night, yeah. and Jazz, who looked super badass with her head shaved and her, uh, I, I think, uh, I don't remember who called it at the show last night, but someone called it her Dora Milaje outfit. Yeah, that, that was me. Was, yeah. That, <laughs> well, well scouted, because she yeah. definitely had that vibe. And then the Joker... Uh, of surprise uh, entrant Mercedes Martinez, best yeah. known from the May Young Classic. Uh, she got over huge. She even got to be one of the final four. Yeah, and she, if they haven't uh, scooped her up, uh, she should be scooped up immediately because it's kind of crazy how she hasn't been signed by anybody because she's super talented in the ring um, and tells a really good story as well. Um, so, yeah, there was obviously a, a whole uh, you know, half of those women didn't have a chance of winning. Uh, right, right, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, but we were kind of torn uh, with the predictions, you know, for who we thought was going to win. A lot of people were, were hedging their bets on Dr. Britt Baker because she's kind of been pushed uh, you know, online and on the, uh, on the web shows as to being one of the, one of the premier uh, women in the, in the division there. So yeah. uh, a lot of people were hedging their bets on her, but she got, uh, she got tossed out. There were a couple fun, you know, I will say the the librarian spot of of Leva Bates, uh, you know, walking on books yeah, to get back yeah. into the you know it's 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 been done with Kofi and pancakes, but hey, you know what? It fits their gimmick. It was I always enjoy fun non eliminations in right. in battle royals right. and stuff. So you know, you got to have a couple of them in there. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Nyla Rose dumped somebody straight onto her fucking face though outside. Yeah, the yeah, room. yeah, yeah. There were a few <laughs> ugly eliminations in there. Um, yeah. Reading the tea leaves from that match, it, it looks like um, that B Priestley and Britt Baker are going to be thrown right into a feud coming off of the yeah. uh, legit concussion that B accidentally gave Britt Baker at Fight for the Fallen because they went right for each other from the jump and yeah. uh, they were actually outside of the ring for a good bit of the Battle Royal beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Um, Sadie Gibbs had a decent showing i know she's one who they're getting behind although she i forget what it was but there was some spot that she absolutely botched um uh, but uh on the whole uh it was it was fine you know it, it wasn't yeah. my favorite battle royal i've ever seen uh and considering the relatively green nature of some of the women like the aforementioned teal piper who did yeah. fuck all um i i thought it was all right um there's some people who, you know, I think they need to figure out what they're doing with. I don't know what they're doing with Allie. Uh, she, yeah, like she was trying to be like, you know, a forearm throwing badass, and that, that just did not work. Big no. Swole got over huge, and I'm surprised yeah. she's not uh, someone who stayed on later into the match. But uh, as you said, Martinez is definitely someone who, if they haven't signed, they need to sign because she came off like a megastar in this match. Yeah, and if they don't, I was thinking about this after um, on the toilet this morning, and I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> that uh, 
Mercedes Martinez and or Ivelisse uh, both make really good uh, ideas for signings because, um, as we'll get to eventually, uh, LAX or the Boricuas, uh, Ortiz and Santana make an appearance later in the show. Yes. And in Impact, they had um, – was it Selena De La Renta as, as their – or is it a different um, one? It, it different was a different Latina. One, uh, different Latina who's now different Latina woman. Okay. Uh, LAX. I'm I'm looking at Diamante. Up. Yes, Diamante. Who, Diamante was it? Who has who, since done some spots on NXT? Correct. Yeah. So she's out of the picture for them. So if they want to keep that dynamic of having a woman um, manager or whomever, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, in their faction, uh, either I know. Um, uh, Ivelisse is is Puerto Rican, so she makes a, a hell of a lot of sense. And I, I think maybe Mercedes Martinez is as well, but I'm not 100. percent I don't want to assume. Yeah. Um, but uh, either one of them would make a great addition to that uh, to that stable there. Yeah, yeah, I I, I like that a lot. But uh, at the end of the day, Nyla Rose won, putting her into half of the um, uh, women's title decision match, which will be held mm-hmm. October 2nd at the first AEW on TNT live event. Yeah. Um, so uh, second match of the pre-show, private party of Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. They <laughs> defeated the team of Jack Evans and Helico, who really need a great tag name, uh, I, I feel. But what? Surge. A- yes. Yes. That's They look like Surge cans. I, the I'm, Mountain I'm- Dudes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Team Extreme is taken, so yeah. they, can't, they can't do that. Uh, uh, Neon Knights. Uh, I, I like that, too. I think is great as well as we were talking about Dio yesterday. Yes. Uh, Neon Knights. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just a couple off the top of my head. I mean, hey, guys, AEW, I'm available. Uh, you know, hit me up. Right, slide right. in the DMs. I'll, I'll, I'll feed you some ideas here. But what a great fucking match this was. Uh, both really teams was. coming out with all the flippy doos. Uh, including uh, there was a moment where uh, I think it was Quinn went for a reverse Rana on Evans, and Quinn, like, he slid out of it and didn't hit it right. So Evans literally just decided to spike himself on his own head to try to make it work. Beautifully. One of the sickest things I've ever seen. Um, Just the match was full of innovative offense, crazy spots. Uh, It it had uh, – we were we were very nicely invited to our dear pal Justin Schlegel's house for the show. Yeah. It had the house fucking rocking uh, on, on every single high spot. I mean I, I don't know that everyone there was expecting to enjoy that, ma- enjoy that match as much as at least you and I were. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, it, it went over huge uh, both to the live crowd and for our live crowd of random dorks watching. Uh, the yeah. Review. Um, yeah. The finisher of the was was it a Rana into a cutter off the top rope? Yes. Yes. Uh, is just fucking amazing, and it was hit super beautifully and smoothly. And uh, you know, we were joking about how the uh, private party are the not street profits, or yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think Justin called them five below street profits, yes. or something yes. like that. Yes. Um, I mean, sure, there are similarities there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of hard to hard to miss. Uh, yeah. But you know, it 
I'm, I'm trying to not think of that when I watch these guys because they are super talented. Um, and and not Angelo Dawkins is a lot, probably a lot more talented than Angelo Dawkins. So it kind of works out uh, for private parties, uh, for private parties' sake. And those guys are going to be uh, pushed pretty hard, I'd imagine, in the tag division, which is on paper fucking outstanding. Absolutely. And uh, Evans and Helico did attack Private Party after the match. Yeah. So uh, we will presumably be getting a feud between those teams, which after this first match, bring it the fuck on. Give Jack Evans a microphone already. I yes. mean, I know we haven't done a lot of story building yet, but that's that's where that's where a lot of his money yes. is. He's uh, well, such a dick. Get, get such the, a shithead. Get the eight second delay button ready. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he shit talks all yes. day long. Yes, he does, and I and I can't wait for it. Uh, I can only imagine the the things he'll have to say about private party. So yeah, if and when that happens, uh, very much excited for it. Yes. Um, and then before the buy-in wrapped up, we had uh, what was one of the more head scratching moments of the night. This. <laughs> mini movie terminator feeling thing about yeah. a guy named wardlow <laughs> i i mean i don't i don't know who came up with that name i don't know who this guy is i uh, i did my due diligence after okay, the show last as i night. figured you would yes wardlow is a guy who actually works out of uh, pittsburgh area indies Uh, he's basically a big ass Haas, which is one of the things that AEW is missing so far. Yeah. Uh, and his shoot last name is Wardlow. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying it makes it a good name. Yeah. I'm just telling you that's why he's called Wardlow. Okay. I mean, I feel like he could have maybe, you know, done a brainstorming session with the brain trust there and maybe coming up with something a little more imposing. I don't know. Wardlow just seems like, uh, fucking insult you'd call somebody who plays D D or something i don't don't know it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't really strike fear in my uh heart now his full name is michael austin wardlow i'm thinking already the name michael austin is infinitely better as a worker name than wardlow but you know yeah you uh, know i'm i'm not them but hey uh aew's got a second hoss because their first Haas, we got to see in the opening match of All Out Proper, as it was the team of SoCal Uncensored, Chris Daniel, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian against Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, the aforementioned Haas number one, and Marco Stunt, a team now called the Jurassic Express. Which, okay, so when they started their intro, the camera shook like a fucking T-Rex was coming up, which was a... Beautiful the Titan touch. Tron video. The Titan Tron video was the fucking cup of water. The cup shaking. of water with the oh. ripples. Yeah. No. Mwah. No. Chef kiss for that. Um, and I love I love the intro. I love that because they come through the tunnel. Jungle Boy has to like legitimately hang on the back of Luchasaurus and then do a sit up yes. to show up. And then we little mud person Marco Stunt comes and slides through Luchasaurus's legs. It's it's like the most unlikely trio ever. Yeah. Um but it works for the weirdest ways, uh, mostly because Luchasaurus is a fucking beast. Yeah. Uh, but Jungle Boy's no slouch either. Uh, no, no. You know. There is a massive upside with Jungle Boy. <laughs> when they decide to pull that trigger and make him uh, not Tarzan Boy, uh, yeah. but but they, they make him like a white hot baby face, like – if you think about the 80s, there'd always be, like, the pretty boy face 
that yeah. is designed to get the girls into pro wrestling. I mean, it's fucking Luke Perry's kid. Yeah. But I mean, that's who he should be. And he has, you know, the the innovative offense. He has the fire. He has everything. And putting him in the ring with veteran hands like Daniels, like Sky, like Kazarian is the best move because <laughs> those three guys made Jurassic Express look phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I, I love trios matches anyway, but to uh to have one this energetic, this fun, this cool totally perfect and and uh uh luchasaurus looked like a beast i i joked yeah. that he's basically in the cane spot uh for aew because he's just like the imposing big guy who can work safe but he can also you know work hard if he needs to yeah. um and uh Mar- watching marco stunt wrestle is always uncomfortable i'm just gonna say <laughs> it this is going to break the kid in half yeah uh but you know it's like i said it's 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 the most unlikely of trios and those those are the type of groups that really you know you're drawn to mm-hmm. uh you know like back with the, the unlikely trio of of Ivelisse, son of havoc and um and helico back in the day you mm-hmm. know and, and lucha underground you're like there's three just fucking weirdos coming together to make shit happen um and that's that's kind of where this was the the shocker to me was that they didn't put over the, the, this exciting new trio uh scu picked yeah. up the w in that match that kind of that kind of shocked me deflated me just a little bit yeah. but that's because obviously i'm a, I'm a lucha fan back from uh from uh, lucha underground days yes indeed makes me wonder what they're going to do next with scu i mean there's the owe trio uh, from strong hearts mm-hmm. that could be uh, uh you know they could run that back going back to double or nothing although there was another trio which officially debuted uh later on in the show which i think would yeah. be a great trio to go against scu at the next pay-per-view and we'll talk about that next pay-per-view in just a few moments yeah Shock of shocks, the second match of the night was, apparently we've been saying it wrong all this time, Pack defeating yeah. Kenny Omega. Okay, there's a lot to unpack hey, in this match. <laughs> First of all, yeah, everybody's been saying Puck for the longest time. I don't know if this was I, I don't know where this came from uh, jr was saying Pac, so yeah. i don't know if that's just jr being jr um or or what but it was it was just weird hearing pack now it just doesn't now if you look at pac-man yeah that, that's how you say that but if i saw pac on its own you think tupac or x yes yes exactly so right. it was it was it was a little weird um uh, but the bastard Pac pack the bastard pack showed up and um, you know, got some shit in on on Mr. Kenneth Omega and yeah. ate some fucking knees too. Yeah, uh, I I thought this match was phenomenal. I mean, uh, on paper it was a dream match from the jump. Uh, I I know it wasn't the match that we anticipated seeing. Yeah, but I mean, you you're telling me I'm getting Pac. You're telling me I'm getting Kenny Omega one on one. I mean, fuck yeah, uh, that that's exciting. That's thrilling. I I said as much last week that in terms of making the best out of a bad situation. This is as as great uh, a replacement as you could put together. Yeah. Um, the match they had was brutal. It was full of quick, crazy spots. Uh, I was reminded on multiple times, uh, excuse me, on multiple occasions, how 
much smaller the ringside area for mm-hmm. AEW is versus WWE or Ring of Honor or anywhere else, especially uh, when when Pac did, uh, I think it was uh, a moonsault, it was moonsault to the floor. Yeah. And uh, it definitely looked like he's just smacked his shins against the guardrails, which has yeah. to suck, even if you're wearing kick pads. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought this match absolutely ruled. But the, the major surprise was uh, Pac pulling out a crucifix hold uh, called the brutalizer. And I think I, I could be wrong, but I think he did this in his feud with, uh, Austin Aries, uh, okay. right before he left WWE. Uh, but Omega passed out. So therefore Pac went over clean and Omega is and two in singles. I'm sorry. Uh, he's one and two in singles matches. Yeah. That's a, it, it was, it was kind of a shock because it seemed to come, from nowhere, like you, you thought that they were building to something, but you weren't expecting it to be a submission. Um, you know, you wanted to see the Black Arrow, or you wanted to see the One Winged Angel. We got to see neither. Um, this was one that you know we said that there were a couple matches that could have had a couple minutes shaved off of for to make it better. I feel like this one could have had five tacked on, yeah, just to make it you know yeah. that much better. But I think you know if this is going to be a program, you leave mm-hmm. leave us wanting more, and I definitely want more. Like yeah. it was great and I was into it, but you know, if there's more that these guys can do together and I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. I wasn't expecting wasn't expecting to finish, which, you know, is good. I don't want to be able to predict predict everything. Exactly, exactly. Um and uh, something that I always give credit to Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega is the type of guy that when he puts together his matches, he definitely has the idea of, well, if this is the one we're gonna have now and we're gonna right. do another one later and another one later, let's save these spots. Yeah. So like you said, there was no one wing angel. There was no uh, red arrow or black arrow or whatever he's calling it these days. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it is that idea that whether it is next month, next year or two years from now, we're going to see these two clash again and they're going to be able to integrate those spots in. Um, but for a guy who hasn't wrestled in the States in quite some time, Pac yeah. was over. Pac looked great. Um, I was super stoked to see him on the show and uh, excited to see what they do with him next. Yeah, and it, you know, originally I think it was announced that he only signed on for like a handful of dates. Yeah. Um, and one of those dates was the match he had with Paige. That uh, that that. So that's two dates down. So yeah. if there are only three dates left currently, and I don't know the contract status of what's going yeah. on over there, yeah. but you know, one would hope that it either is the first TV on ten two or. Yes. The next pay per view, which uh, is is good and big for us. So yeah, so yeah, curious to see where uh, where the bastard ends up. Um, but you know, and the thing of it was is you know if he was gonna go over, then what was the whole? I guess I guess the original plan was for him and Paige. Yes, um, and Paige was gonna go over, yeah. and he didn't want to go over. He didn't want Paige to go over because he was still holding the Dragon Gate uh, title. So yes. he's since lost that title. Uh, but then one. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's, uh, you know, it's a thing. Uh, but I liked, uh, I like seeing him and I would like to see him more. So that's good. For yeah. What you want wrestling program. Absolutely. Not, definitely not go away. Baron Corbin. heat. No, not at all. So the next match was, if you like brutal violence, if you like ridiculous hardcore matches, if you are not Jim Cornette, this match was for you. (laughs) It was the Cracker Barrel Clash, a three-way dance between Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela, and Darby Allin. Uh, This was just 
crazy, goofy, violent spot after crazy, goofy, violent spot. It was uh, fun. We we had uh, Jimmy Havoc pulling out the staple gun from the jump and stapling mm-hmm. himself mm-hmm. to show how badass he is. Uh, Jimmy Havoc got uh, taped to a chair with gaffer tape and then mm-hmm. had thumbtacks poured in his mouth and his mm-hmm. mouth was taped shut. Yep. Um, there was uh, uh, a crazy flip dive from Darby Allen onto Jimmy Havoc later on in that match as he was still stuck outside, and they absolutely yep. murdered the chair in doing so. Yes, they did. Uh, Janella did a absolutely sick Emerald Frosion onto the apron on Darby mm-hmm. Allen. Uh, there was uh, Havoc did his run back of his paper cut spots, which. Yep. <laughs> Give me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Um, there was. Uh, we're still not sure if it was a Canadian destroyer or, or a sunset uh, flip power bomb. Sunset flip power bomb uh, by uh, Janella onto Havoc through a table. That was Darby Allen. I oh, think it was. Who went through the table. It was Al- whoever it was. It was yeah. ridiculous. Uh, Janella just dove onto the floor. Um, <laughs> Doing his best PCO impression. Yes, there, as you pointed uh, out last night. There was. Spots involving multiple Cracker Barrels, including Darby Allen doing a coffin drop while holding the barrel and landing onto the ring steps where no one was. Yeah, no, no, definitely nobody home there. Uh, And that essentially ended the match for Darby Allen. (laughs) Rightfully Uh, so. Before he went out, though, he also did an ollie with thumbtacks on a skateboard. The most innovative, uh, violent offense of the night goes to Darby Allen for attaching tacks to the bottom of the skateboard yeah. and then landing on Joey Janela's back. Uh, oh, it was man. just like you you think at this point we've seen it all. Uh, but no, man, they, they the innovator of violence. And I did see a um, – I guess Tommy Dreamer is helping out with AEW now because no. I saw a beh- uh, behind the scenes photo um, of Dreamer, um, like I guess in a producer role. It was on AEW's um, Instagram oh, cool. uh, stories. I was like, oh shit, Dreamer down there. All right, good for you. I don't know if uh, the Innovator of Violence had a hand in that match or yeah. what, but he was he was there. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, something that I've never seen before, but want to see again. Um, Janela definitely has the rock star persona and yes. charisma yes. that is very much over with the crowd. Uh, but as we were giving our predictions within the room last night, everybody or a couple of people were saying how, you know, uh, Jimmy Havoc is due for his big moment because right. Darby Allen had the draw with Cody. Janela had the match with Ambrose. So uh, logic told them that this would be uh, Jimmy Havoc's chance to shine. And by gum, it was because he well, what was the he brought a barrel into the ring. Yes. And then did a what was it? A Rana or a German? It, it was su- a, it a was superplex. A superplex. Superplex through, to yeah. Janela. Yeah. Through, through the, barrel. the barrel or through part of the barrel. And then right. to finish off the barrel, he busted out with the acid rainmaker, uh, right. which is his finish. Um, it, it's a, it's a modified rainmaker. I think, yeah. I think he twirls it different. I, I don't recall exactly what makes it different, but there's, there's definitely something to it. Real uh, acid. <laughs> My eyes, the goggles do nothing. <laughs> they do nothing. Um, but yeah, Janela goes down to the acid rainmaker. And uh, 
Tim Burton's favorite wrestler, Jimmy Havoc, goes over. I can't wait for the Jimmy Havoc biopic in 20 years, <laughs> and it's still fucking Johnny Depp. Yes. <laughs> trying yes. to trying to do hardcore spots. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah, so... No, but fuck Johnny Depp. <laughs> take so, it back. so the next match of the night was the probably real miss of the night as the Dark Order of Evil Uno and Stu Grayson took on the best friends of Chuck Taylor and Trent. All the credit in the world to Chucky e. T and Trent. Yeah. And hell, all the credit in the world to Uno and Stu. They tried. They tried really hard, but this was a match that went 15 minutes and didn't need to go 15. This It didn't need to go 15. It probably shouldn't have been in that spot after yeah. the crazy hardcore ridiculousness we had just seen um nothing really strikes fear in my heart like the name stew <laughs> so yeah. if i'm supposed to be afraid of the dark order i'm not i'm not running away from stew all yeah. right so I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say hey old chap let's have a spot of tea and we'll talk this out you know like stew is not a a, a fear imposing name i don't know if yeah. that's part of what is not clicking about the dark order i don't know if it's the, the in-ring stuff was fine yeah um i don't know if it's what are, what are they calling their minions the um uh, they they have some stupid name I, some I, stupid name it starts with the c of the crate i don't know what it was something creepers. some the creepers, creepers. the creepers uh nothing nothing about that team is is clicking and yeah. on paper it seems like it should because the aew crowd you know, especially the ones that are there, are going to eat up anything, pretty much anything that's thrown at them. Um, but this just isn't isn't firing on any cylinders, and it's not uh, not still not sure how to pinpoint it, or if it's just the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure myself. It's a shame because, like I said, uh, Udo and uh, Stu Grayson as the Super Smash Bros were a hell of a fucking tag team. Um, it's been a few years since they've been in the state. It's been a few years since I've seen them. I don't know what's happened in that period of time, but this isn't really working. That said, we did have a hot angle post match. Uh, yeah. the, the aforementioned creepers, uh, came out and they were going to be messing with the, with, uh, the best friends lights go out as I am want to do. I of course yell Sabu, Sabu. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I I assume your conditions. Yeah, Pavlovian. exactly. Yeah. Paul Heyman taught me in the late nineties that when the lights go out, it's Sabu. It's always yeah. Sabu, but it wasn't Sabu. It was in one of the bigger pops of the night, freshly squeezed orange Cassidy as he comes out for the save, keeps his hands in his pockets. It does a tope suicida through the uh, ring ropes to take out all the creepers. And then gets right back in the ring Hands still in pockets yep. and gets the group hug from the best friends. Fantastic moment. <laughs> you know, it was a it was a wonder of how they were going to work Orange Cassidy into the show. And this is a yeah. good introduction because yes. uh, I, I would assume that there were, you know, maybe, I don't know, 15 percent. Let's just let's do a conservative 15 percent of the people in the Sears Center last night. Mm-hmm. Who were like, who's this fucking dork with his right, hands in his pockets? Right, right. Um, but I can almost guarantee you after that spot was finished, that 15% were 100% sold. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
So I think it was a very effective way to introduce the guy to, you know, the broad world. Um, so, you know, curious to see if they do end up being a trio or, or, or what happens there and yeah. how they continue to make this Orange Cassidy gimmick uh, something that works on their TV. Right. Less is more, uh, clearly, with something mm-hmm. like this. Um, so don't bust it out every week or something. Yeah. You know, be careful with it because, you know, I with – one of our big concerns about AEW is what's TV going to look like. Right. You know, that's a really big question mark on there. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the idea of OC with, with, uh, best friends. Uh, he does have a history with Chuck E.T. Um, okay. If, if they're just going to be like the goofy comedy trio, Hey, totally fine. Especially <laughs> if they are going to be in the mix with an SCU, with yeah. uh, uh, Jurassic Express. Fuck, I really want to see that match now. Uh, <laughs> with the OWE guys. And I'm sure there are other trios to come. Um, one note uh, before we continue on into talking about the show. The production was infinitely better on this yes. show than the ones prior. Uh, they finally have the line-in audio for yes, the entrance music. God. And they do a great job of mixing it now with the crowd noise and everything. Um, commentary was generally pretty good. Golden Boy uh, in the third man spot. JR still coming off like he has no idea, nor does he care what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but fucking hell, Excalibur doing the Lord's work on commentary all night long. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it was definitely, uh, production-wise, a, a great improvement. I read that there were some issues with the, if pe- for people who bought it. During the uh, for the BR app, oh, okay. there was some subtitle issues again that they had popped up uh, uh, unwanted at some point. Um, so there was a, some hubbub online about that. Uh, but I think they got resolved relatively early on and I didn't see too much else about any hiccups production wise. And, you know, they missed maybe one or two spots throughout the entire evening, which is a lot better than we could say for the past couple events. Right. So it seems like they finally have workshopped their problems and have addressed them and it looks like you know they're they're where they need to be with uh tv launching in a month here um and no other shows between now and then if i'm yeah, if yeah. i'm not mistaken so um yeah everybody they, they, gets gets a f- uh, a few weeks off uh, appropriate given uh two of the evps basically murdered themselves on uh, <laughs> live pay-per-view last night um this is true another but i want to mention about production Everyone now coming out in addition to having, you know, their their little title screen, the, the or the lower third graphic that says who they are. That lower third graphic also includes their record. Yes. Uh, and it includes their like the, the bottom record is record overall. The top record is relative to the type of match. So a Kenny Omega okay. came out and it said he was one and one in singles, but he was two and one. Overall, because he and uh, the Bucks won the trios match at uh, Fighter Fest, right. so I, I really enjoyed that little touch. Uh, I know they were saying that records were going to be important. Having them emphasized in the entrances, very yeah. very good stuff. And um, they kept they kept up with the announcing the time as the matches progressed yes. as well. Yes, so that's adding to the sporty feel of it. Yeah, it's still I'm not sure though. Is it a ten count or a twenty count on the outside? I thought it was a twenty, but it felt like they were working to a ten last night. 
Yeah, and it took a really long time for the count to start in a lot of these uh, places as well. So, yeah, that's something they kind of have to address, that if it's going to be presented as a sports thing, then, you know, you kind of have to let the old pro wrestling bit of, well, we'll tell them to get in the ring and then start the count, stuff like that. That's uh, that's happened for many, many moon. Um, You know, if people go out of the ring and you're going to present it as as, you know, that's not within the rules and you have to start counting immediately. Um, and if that is the case, make it a 20, you know, I, I I enjoy 20 counts It it adds a little more drama to it and gives them a little more time to go out and do their, their craziness, crazy bits on the outside there. Agreed. Uh, so in the Joshi match the evening, uh, to find out who was going to be facing Nyla Rose for the AEW women's title in DC, it was Riho who ended up defeating Hikaru Shida or Hikaru Shida. I'm going to fuck that up. For quite some time, I'm sure. This uh, Sheeta. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the hell out of this match. You had Riho going for double stomps like a normal person would go for a chop. Yeah. Uh, you had Sheeta playing, weirdly enough, the big bruiser role. She's not a very yeah. large woman, but by comparison to Riho, she was an absolute beast. Uh, I'm really high on Sheeta. I, I think she's got a superstar looking presence. I yeah. love her moveset. I was shocked that she did not go over, but talking about the ongoing storytelling, Excalibur did mention the fact in the middle of the match that Riho pinned Nyla Rose in the six woman tag back at double or nothing. Right. So or, you, or fighter fest rather, but yes. Yeah. You're building on that. And you know, um, you put any, any woman aside from awesome or Aja Kong in the ring with Nyla Rose and they're going to be the underdog. Yeah. So, you know, it didn't, it was, it was six in one hand, half dozen in the other really uh, in terms of who was going to, who was going to go on. And, you know, they were both, uh, they were both very talented. I enjoyed the match as well. Um, but uh, I don't know. It didn't seem it to really grab the attention of everybody, both there yeah. and uh, at, at, Justin's party. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, the fatigue of the night starting to set in, um, right. or 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 what, uh, or just the fact that the Joshi style isn't, uh, you know, fully uh, integrated or represented yeah, yeah. to the it's, point it's where not people fully are, understood. And, yeah, and yeah, people are still learning it. It's it's no different right. than say the early lucha matches in WCW. Sure, people yeah. are going to take time to get used to the way the spots work and everything because there is uh, kind of a different cadence and a different feel to a Joshi match than there is you know an American pro wrestling match. Yeah, um, but. All in all, I, I enjoyed it, um, and I think Riho and Nyla Rose is going to be interesting just because you have this beast of a woman against a tiny, adorable Asian lady. Um, I, I feel like it. the story you know, tells itself. Yeah. Big, crazy monster, tiny little underdog, and we'll see what ends up happening uh, for that match. I think Nyla Rose is going to go over. It feels yes. like the right move, yeah. but who knows? Yeah, I'm 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 putting my uh, my bread in the basket in Isla Rose uh, as well right now, uh, unless something changes in the next month. But she seems like you know, obviously there's the the representation angle of what AEW is doing mm-hmm. and Isla Rose being a the poster child for that. So I think you know I think they're making decisions. Um, 
as to whom they put the titles on that make uh, a lot of business sense. More on yeah. that uh, in a couple minutes, but uh, that's why I'm uh, I'm I'm putting it on uh, Nyla Rose at that point. But uh, after that, we had um, a match that was you know much looked forward to by a lot of people. The Grudge match mm-hmm. um, coming off of the angle at. Fighter Fest, I think, where the uh, the chair shot happened. Yes, yes. Where uh, Sean Spears became the chairman and mm-hmm. uh, and bashed Cody's skull in uh, with a really nasty gash in the back there. Yeah. So there's there's a, a bunch to unpack from this match. Yes. So you know they did a good job of selling the match, building the story on online mm-hmm. with the uh, with the story and vignettes and being the elite and road to all out or whatever they were doing. Yeah. Um. Sean Spears had Tully Blanchard in his corner um, because of Tully's history with the Rhodes clan Mm -hmm. made made a lot of sense there. We were curious as to who Cody would choose to be his second to the ring. Um, And we we were we found out that it was it was MJF, uh, Mm -hmm. which I think was a smart choice. Um, but the intros. So, yeah, Sean Spears, I'm just going to I'm going to preface this by saying. The match itself, I really enjoyed. The match itself was a classic WWE. Well, I'm not even seeing the NWA stuff. I'm saying it reminded me of like the Steve Austin main events in the Attitude Era. Okay, it was a lot of walking and brawling, and yeah. you know all of that. However, dot dot dot, I have huge issues with the entrances. Yeah, go for it. Um. So the two entrances were uh, Sean Spears, like the, the screen went black and then Sean Spears is on the stage and he's sitting in a chair and he's got like this weird scarf on his head and like there's this big melodramatic music. And then he stands, he stands up and his actual entrance music hits and then he like lifts his head up at the camera and he's wearing like Sub-Zero-esque contacts for They're some goofy reason. Yeah. Uh, and then Tully comes out. And then Cody comes out. Well, we see uh, we see Brandy and uh, Pharaoh backstage. Right. She's walking. She gets joined by DDP. Well, she's dressed as yes. uh, Jerry Ryan from yeah. Star Trek. Seven of nine. Yeah, that's um, it. So DDP bitch. is she a Borg? Is that yes. what it was? Yes. Okay. All right. I never uh, watched an episode of Star Trek. Uh, neither have I. Weirdly enough. Um, okay. DDP comes out. He's wearing a, a red shirt. Right. Uh, MJF comes out. Yeah, he's wearing the yellow, and then uh, Cody's wearing one also. This is a grudge match. You guys hate each other. Cody was so pissed at Sean Spears, he couldn't give himself into the pageantry of a of a uh, contract signing. He just walked into the room, signed it, and walked away. He was too focused on training, too yes. focused on bettering himself, too focused on wanting to get his hands on this guy who was like a brother to him, this guy who trained with him, this guy who turned his back on him. So he's going to make cosplay for him and his family to wear <laughs> for the melodramatic intro. Yeah, did, did not mesh, did not make sense. And, I no. mean, look, like – what, Cody is becoming known for his uh, over-the-top melodramatic entrances. For as much as he shits on Triple H, that's a very Triple H thing to do. Yes. Uh, yes. So, you know, and, you know, there's a time and place for dorks to yes. to, to be. That was not the time to be a dork. No. Um, no. You know, uh, w- Kenny and the Bucks at Fighter Fest 
doing right. the Street Fighter entrance. Totally. They're they're the big baby faces. It's a match that, while very good, had no stakes. The, it right. wasn't like it was a blood feud between the Lucha Bros and the Bucks. Like, it wasn't there yet. And it was at a video game convention, so exactly. it was perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Why the fuck are you guys dressing up like Star Trek? Like, why? Why is that a thing? I, I makes zero sense. I, I, I didn't get it. And and you could say like, well, all out, because uh, they they said after the show they intend every year Labor Day weekend they're going to go to Chicago and do okay. all out. Okay, yeah, it's fine. It's AEW's WrestleMania. Yeah, totally cool with it. Totally fine. I understand the pageantry because of that, but you don't do it. With the grudge match. Yeah. The grudge match is supposed to be two guys who just want to fight. They just yeah. want to get at it, get in each other's ass and settle it. And when the match started, when Cody finally fire. got out there, you had yeah. that fire. It's yeah. just you had this distraction where it's like, why are you doing this? Like, yeah. Why? Because well, he can. Yeah. It's, it, it, <laughs> it, I mean, it was different with the Bucks and, and Lucha Bros. They came out and, and they had their pageantry. But yeah. also that was a mind game thing because the yes. Bucks came out wearing their own Lucha masks and, and, and all yeah. those things. Just, I I thought it, it was an example of subtraction by addition as opposed to the preferred addition by subtraction. It was a wee bit indulgent. Yes. Um, yes. Just to put it lightly. Yeah it, it, yeah. it fell flat. It didn't make sense. Um, but like you said, once the match started – the match worked, um, yeah. and you know it was basically a brawl with some outside interference and belts and weapons and spine busters. Uh, fucking Double A comes out yeah. uh, at some point. Like, gives, uh, <laughs> like I said uh, at, at Justin's house, somebody touched the thermostat because here comes Angry Arn. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> it's supposed to be set at seventy-seven, you little fucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the look on his face. What do you shits touched it? <laughs> yeah, he, he his like spider sense went off when he was at craft services because you yeah. could tell that's probably where it was. Yeah, uh, and he's like, "Oh, damn it! It's my time to go out there." All right, you okay back here, Alicia Fox, with the open bar? Yeah, I'm fine. So, um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so, so yeah, the match the match was good. Um, you know, it wasn't a, a five star classic by no, any means, no. but in terms of telling the story it was set to tell it did so on that uh am i frozen can you hear me i can hear you just your video okay, is a little frozen sorry yeah, video cool. folks great <laughs> um so i saw i saw myself freeze there um so yeah the, the match uh the match was good so uh i'm excited that it, it worked out that way um and uh yeah sorry i'm just trying to fix my video here <laughs> oh oh no video i turned it off i'm trying to turn oh, okay. it back up now Anyway, anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I thought the match was good. Really, if if I had a complaint, it would be that uh, that Cody went over and went over clean. I mean, uh, I understand that this was the big grudge match, and in turn, you wanted to give some sort of a, a definitive wrap up there. But it, it felt to me like there was maybe a little more juice in that squeeze, yeah. and uh, the fact that uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Sean Spears now. I mean, uh, we talked about it on our Patreon episode. It felt like, oh, maybe this would be the opportunity for MJF to be the rat bastard we know him to be, and we get kind of a pseudo four horsemen with Tully. Uh, Sean Spears and MJF, but guess not. I don't know. 
don't know. Well, I mean, maybe it turns into a thing where, you know, now they have, you know, Sean Spears demands a rematch because Arn got involved and then they do, right, right. you know, Sean with Tully and then Cody with Arn going mm-hmm. forward. Uh, you know, it's it's a possibility. I'm not sure what Arn's full situation is there. Yeah. Um, but he definitely made the appearance last night. But yeah, the majority of us were expecting uh, Sean Spears to win to further that. And, then, uh, you know, I don't know. Like you said, I I personally don't have uh, a lot of upside in my mind for uh, for Mr. Spears, so you know we'll we'll see if they're able to do anything with him after this. I, I don't know what uh you know what what his role in the company is at this point. Right, right. Um, only time will tell, and, uh, and there really wasn't any clarity uh, in terms of. Uh, the post-show press scrum that they do, something I really uh-huh. like. Um, there wasn't any clarity in terms of the status of Arn Anderson for the future or anything like that. But after this match, we got what was hands down match of the night. Es- crazy. Escalera, De La Morerte, and yes, deaths were died at the hands of all four individuals. Good uh, Lord. The Lucha Bros of Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. De- successfully defending the AAA tag titles against the Young Bucks of Nick and Mac Jackson. Like we said, the, the intros were full of pageantry. Yeah. Uh, the, the Lucha Bros coming out with specialized entrance gear, as they always do. The Young Bucks coming out with literal buck masks. Yeah. Uh, and having uh, buck bucks fall from the sky uh shades of Kazuchiko Okada there. Yeah. Um it felt like a big time match. The ladders were everywhere as were some tables. Uh ladders painted black and gold, the AEW colors by the way. Yep. And it was just front to back crazy spots, sick tag team moves, sick table spots. I mean, th- this is a match that will live on in the AEW highlight reels for years to come. Yeah, and I feel like as much as I loved it, and I did, um, I feel like for right now, those two teams should separate for a while. Uh, because as much as I've enjoyed watching the Bucks and the Lucha Bros go at it, I feel like it's time to let them teams do other things, yes. uh, see other people, <laughs> yes. if, if you will, and yes. then circle back to it at some point. Uh, because I don't think there's any way that they can top what we saw last night. No, it was just that that was you know a brain bustering uh, Canadian destroyer off a ladder through two tables sort of thing that was just yeah. out of this. Just they were out there out of their minds. You know, they're doing crazy shit. Nick almost killed himself being tipped over in the two tables on the outside. Yeah, Uh, making all of one of them. Yeah, it was it was man, it 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 was brutal. And those those ladders do not give like no. WWE ladders do because they did uh Pentagon picked up one of the Jacksons to do a package pile driver and then they did their tandem move where Phoenix does a stomp onto the ass of the one getting pile driven. Yes. And then into the ladder and the ladder did not fucking yeah, give. Yeah, instead everybody just kind of bounced off of it, which looked yeah awful um yeah. i mean awful as it looked awful for them it, it looked great on tv awesome um, for us <laughs> it, it was just one of the wildest matches i've ever seen i mean uh, i think it was nick who did the fucking threading the needle uh tope suicida through the side of a ladder yeah um i mean uh, the, there were spots that i thought were hysterical where it was basically like um 
the the two teams were basically challenging each other to do things. Most notably, when uh, uh, one of the Jacksons was on the floor and Phoenix was on top of one turnbuckle on the opposite side. Right. Uh, uh, Pentagon was on a table on the floor and the other Jackson, and they basically di- the uh, Phoenix and the other Jackson dared each other to dive. Yeah. On their respective opponent. Anything um, you can do, I can do better. Yes. And and it's just unreal, innovative, ridiculous professional wrestling at a high level. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, a ladder match pissing contest. Yes. Thankfully, the Bucks were alive. Uh, and we know this because they got to eat shit at a debuting LAX. The Boricuas yeah. of... Uh, Santana and Ortiz making their debut. They've officially jumped from Impact. They did not go to WWE. Presumably, they're going to be in that big six-man tag on October 2nd. Uh, They beat the fuck out of the Lucha Bros. They beat the fuck out of the Young Bucks and made an immediate, pardon the pun, impact in AEW. Hey, man. That's how you make a a first impression. You lay out the top guys. Um, so, So, yeah, I would imagine that they would be inserted into the tournament to determine the inaugural AEW tag team champions. And, mm-hmm. you know, like we, like I mentioned earlier, their, their tag team division uh, in AEW is stacked beyond belief. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of ridiculous matches. And, you know, like I said, lay off, keep the Bucks and Lucha Bros separate, lay off the tag team ladder matches. Let's get some, you know, more legit tag team wrestling um, to really establish just this division. And you know that that's what the Bucks want to do. Um, yeah. So, so it's exciting. I, I think it is very conceivable that AEW will be a company that can main event with their tag titles. Yeah. I, I, I think the tag belts <laughs> are going to be on par uh, even with the world title. Um, so if, if that ladder match was any indication, I mean, it's already the hottest thing in the company. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we shall see how it plays out. I can't wait to see how the division works out. But, hey, we got a very big announcement for for us here on the Rough House podcast. Hell yeah. As, uh, AEW, they said that the way that they were planning what shows to do where was based on the metrics mm-hmm. of the pay-per-view. Yeah. And... One of the things that was said, it's why DC was the home of the first TV show was the Baltimore area had a lot of fans coming out and ordering the pay-per-views, hitting the website, buying t-shirts, all that. Well, congratulations, Charm City, as you will be home to the next big AEW pay-per-view on Saturday, November the 9th. It's AEW Full Gear from the the chicken chicken box. box. Yeah. Holy fucking shit, Chris. I cannot wait for this. Hell yeah. I'm 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 stoked because uh one is right down the street. Two, yeah. it's a smaller arena than, you know, the uh Verizon Center or the Sears Center, all these other places mm-hmm. that they're doing. So there's there's less of a stress for them to sell out. Um and like you said, this was one of the places they announced as uh had a big AEW contingent. So uh it's gonna be very exciting to see what happens in two months time when they do come to town. Um and you know, I had a little inside dirt on this yeah. about a week ago that was very hard to keep private and not yeah. announce. And then, and 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 you know, I told you uh, yeah. confidence and thank you for <laughs> for not blowing the spot up either. Yeah, uh, but my sources uh, were correct in that this is happening. And you know, apparently, a lot of what AEW's focus is going to be is up and down the I ninety five corridor. Mm-hmm. So you know, 
if you're a fan in this area, uh, consider yourself lucky that you don't live in fucking Nebraska because yeah. you're going to have a lot more opportunities to see AEW living on the coast here. Yeah, uh, I, I can't wait. Um, I mean, already coming off of this show, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, the matchups and everything to get put together. Uh, it's going to be coming off that first month of TV, so you know they're going to yeah. want to make a big deal about it. So, uh, yeah, full gear, live in Baltimore. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Let's come out loud and proud. Uh, and uh, would love to see as much of the OG 538 live and in person that day as we can. Yeah, we might have to make some. We have to. We might have to try and plan something for this. I I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I don't know what we're gonna do, but we should figure out something. Yeah, because this is uh, this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not. That would be about four to five weeks of TV in. So I'm mm -hmm. not sure if that's enough time for this to be the finals of the tag team tournament or not. Definitely possible. Um, it's possible. One would think that maybe this is where we finally get the payoff to Mox and Omega after yep. they um, are beating each other up for a month on on the TV. Uh, the, probably the first title defense of both the AEW Men and Women's Championship yeah. in there as well. So a lot of wow, this is it's a big deal. Um, you yeah. know, so it's uh, it's it's exciting. Full gear. It, it's I don't I, I don't love the name. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it's being the elite in-joke because... Uh, oh, is it? Is that uh, yeah, okay? Hangman Page was trying to get full gear ready. Uh, he he uh, thought okay. he was too fat for his tights. I gotcha, yeah, so, I gotcha. So okay. on, on the, I think it was the build-up to All In, he was trying to get full gear ready. Okay, uh, all right, so, well, that's deep, that's deep cut yeah. for the, to name your pay-per-view that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know... It's, it's whatever uh I'm, I'm excited that it's happening and i'm excited to try and get get some tickets uh look forward to that cr clusterfuck folks oh man There's, spending a lot of money on wrestling this uh yeah, this summer it's, it's been it's been a tough third quarter um <laughs> so the main event of the evening big fight feel yeah. The crowning of the first ever AEW World Champion Chris Jericho Hangman Page with Aubrey Edwards refereeing. Yeah. Uh, props awesome. to great. her. Yeah, she's so goddamn good. Um, and this match showed it uh, because yeah. she she definitely added that that extra juice as she basically becomes Mrs. Red Shoes uh, yeah. for the AEW yes. crew. Um, yeah. I thought that this match had a lot going against it. Hangman Page coming in a little bit cold because he didn't get to have the build that they anticipated for him. Yeah. Uh, it was a crowd that, let's be honest, that match went on at like at 11.15 or so. Yeah. Uh, it was a long night. I mean, we felt it too live watching it. Uh, not not live and in person, but our I could tell our group was ready to uh, wrap up the the evening. Yeah, as, uh, it, it, at that point, it was like, okay, guys, let's uh, yeah. let, let, let's go here. And me personally, I had eaten a full tray of pizza rolls a yes, couple hours did. earlier, so they were starting to percolate in not a good way uh, yes, during that match. I don't know if you noticed, I was changing positions frequently due to discomfort from my bubble guts. Well, um, hey, so. at least you have that excuse. I'm a man who changes my positions a lot because I just fidget like a motherfucker. As <laughs> As, as the video subscribers on the Patreon know, I shift my weight a lot. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a comfort thing. Um, so so yeah, so yeah, there were there were some things going against Paige, um, and you know, we were kind of I think split 
close yeah. to being split um, yeah. in our predictions there. I, you know, I, my gut was telling me Jericho the whole way through, and I believe you were in the same camp with that. 100%. Um, just because it just, Paige just hasn't become the person yet. He's and I not the, there yet. Yeah, I feel yeah. like last night he got a lot closer, though. Yeah, he he had a really good showing. Um, you know, he he showed heart. He showed the ability to you know have fire and and do big moves. And you know, you're in there with one of the greatest of all time, Chris Jericho. Even mm-hmm. though he's 48, and not what he was 20 years ago, he's still really good at his job. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, you know, the match did what it needed to do. It made Paige look a lot more like a credible threat and main event guy. Um, but Jericho was the smartest choice, is the smartest choice, and they went with the the smart, uh, the you know, the lock. You know, the guy that you know will be there, will do interviews, will, you know, is more comfortable doing interviews and is a guy that is way more established to be uh, your first champion and hold the belt. And I know there's going to be, you know, I've already seen all the tweets like, oh, yeah, right, nothing right. better than, than throwing the belt on a WWE guy. How WCW, I mean, blah, 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 blah. It's fucking Chris Jericho. First of all, he was a WCW guy before he was a WWE guy, so suck a dick on that. Uh, Second of all, uh, you know, Paige is, is, you know, are you going to send Paige to fucking, um, you know, the talk show circuit? Right. right. A guy named Hangman where he's going to get, you know, questioned about why are you a hangman? Who do you hang? Stuff like that. Or are you going to send the guy who is uh, a almost 30 year veteran, the guy who has his own band, the guy who tours the world, the guy who is on Dancing with the Stars, the guy Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. beat the Rock and Stone Cold in a single night? Chris Jericho's the fucking guy, and right. it was the right choice. Yeah, I, I, I think it's the right choice. Whoever Jericho puts over for the AEW title is going to be put over very well. I don't know who yeah. it's going to be. There was an indication in the post show hosted by the now ostracized to YouTube Alex Marvez. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we did get some buildup, and we did get some post-show news. Um, okay. So uh, first things first, let's get the heartbreaker out of the way. As Kylie Ray uh, has been granted her release from AEW, um, yeah, she she disappeared from the pro wrestling world shortly after Double or Nothing, after having a great match there. Uh, definitely seemed to be one of the faces they were going to be building around. Um, I'm definitely a little heartbroken about this. I don't know all the details, all the information uh, about why she's leaving professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I, I've heard uh, a mixture of different things. It's not my place to to guess based right. on those. Um, I just hope uh, she's happy wherever she is because yeah. she really seemed like a great talent and seemed like a great person. So, um, yeah, she's, and she seemed like a good fit for AEW as well. Right, right. So, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, we hope that she's okay. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's, but it's a bit of a loss for, for both parties involved. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's, enough women there and available the ones that they haven't signed uh completely and scooped up yet um to make uh, the division really good and uh, thinking about this as we were going through there was only one woman's match on the main show mm-hmm. so you know going forward i think maybe it would behoove them to have more than one uh, on, on, on the main show but I, th- I know with having the majority of your people in a battle royal on the pre-show kind of ate up your possibilities of there. But 
you know, if you're going to be preaching inclusion and equal pay and all these mm-hmm. sorts of things, do it and give them more than one match on, on a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. They, they have the talent to do so. Uh, yeah. And, and I would love to see it. I mean, uh, we had on Double or Nothing, we had, you know, a women's four-way. And we yeah. also had the, the, Joshi uh, the Joshi match. I mean, that that type of uh, spicing it up, I, I think, would be more than fine. Um also, uh, as we talked about earlier, All Out is going to be a yearly occasion in Chicago, Illinois over Labor Day weekend. So that's pretty cool if you are in yeah. the Chi-Town area or wish to head out there. Um, I know that between StarCast and, and events at Pro Wrestling Tees is a very busy Pro Wrestling weekend in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Uh, AEW. AEW. Yeah, they, yeah. They ran their uh, yearly Jim Lyman Memorial Tournament there, um, mm-hmm. which looked and sounded like it was a really good show. Um so, uh, hey, maybe one year we'll actually be able to make the pilgrimage to Chicago. I know we, yeah. we, we talked about going for this one, uh, but uh, we weren't able to make it happen, unfortunately. Um, and the other bit, really the the main angle to come out of that post-show, uh, the, there were two really big segments of the post-show. First was Jericho grabbed a live mic and walked around backstage and basically roasted the entire roster. Awesome. Just everyone he walked by, he made fun of, uh, up to and including Omega. Um, so that might be a direction they go, although I feel like they got to wrap up Omega Moxley first. Uh, one person yeah. notable backstage was Brian Pillman Jr. I don't know if we're going to see more of him oh, okay. in AEW. But the other big angle was uh, during his press scrum, Hangman Page was interrupted by a man who wants a bit of revenge in Pac. So it looks like okay. we are going to finally get the payoff of Hangman Page and Pac in the States for AEW. Was Pac still in his gear? He was. Three hours later? Yes. Good for, good yes. for him. Yes. Hair uh, still wet? Yes. Yes. Good. Very good very much so. I, I like to think he just travels the globe in his gear at all times. Yeah. Always ready to fight. Considering he showed up to the first AEW yeah. press conference in full gear, uh, yeah. it, it feels appropriate. Um, but, you know, uh, AEW... Still on a hell of a tear, a hell of a run. I can't wait to see what happens with TV. I can't wait to see what happens in Baltimore, November 9th. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I may just need to be removed from the building due to having too large of an erection in a public place. That may be the issue here. Well, um, I will stay in the building. I have been <laughs> removed from that building once before, so <laughs> I don't want to be have to be removed from that building uh, again. I was kicked out of a Muse show. <laughs> you were kicked out of a Muse show? Yeah. What did you the, do? I, I was taking video on my cell phone. Oh, I was, was that? So the, the, the quick and dirty story is um, <laughs> Muse was playing at the uh, the chicken box with Silver Sun pickups maybe eight years ago or so. I don't remember. Um, and as I was working with a radio station at the time, yeah. we had a little, uh, meet and greet with, uh, with the boys in Muse yeah. and they gave us, they set up a little hospitality room, uh, in the bowels of the, the chicken box for us. Normally when they do these things, they have, uh, you know, they have some, some, uh, some libations there, yeah. but they usually have an employee, a, uh, a staff member being the bartender for you. Mm-hmm. They did not in this case. They left the booze on the table for us. And there was not many of us there. Uh, so I took full advantage of the <laughs> uh, bottle of Absolute that they left in there and was uh, was was pounding some uh, – I would have made 
Chris Jericho proud. We'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so hammer drunk. Uh, go up, watch Silver Sun pickups. They were great. Whatever. Uh, then Muse, uh, you know, is doing their Muse thing. Big stage show, lights, all the all the whole spectacular, being great. And I am just a drunk asshole and taking photos and video and video uh with my iphone 3g at the time <laughs> uh, thinking like oh yeah this is great i'm gonna watch this later it's gonna be awesome which i don't know why anybody takes videos yeah, I, I don't at, get it either because they suck uh the, the videos are never good the sound always yeah. sucks no, just it's, watch it's the show it's but bad. i was drunk and to the point where the security guards asked me multiple times to stop and i didn't and i also at one point <laughs> because <laughs> i was a drunk asshole was air drumming with middle fingers directed to the security guards <laughs> um, and, and they didn't uh they didn't care for that and uh and i continued to take video as well and wow. uh yeah they uh they removed me from uh from the uh the first mariner at the time arena um wow before Did- before before I got to hear Knights of Sidonia, which really oh, pissed me off because that's my fucking jam. Um, so, you know, and of course, being the drunk asshole, I was like, oh, I work for the radio station, blah, blah, blah. I was that guy. Uh, Don't that you know was, who I am? Yeah, I was I was that guy that night, 100% owning up to being that guy. Well uh, I was a drunk asshole, that guy. Got kicked out of the, the chicken box. Um, and I still see the security guard there. Uh, the the one that kicked me out because I'll never forget his fat bald head. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was my story did of they, being a drunk asshole. Did they abuse. take your photo and they're like, you can't come in? Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, no, thankfully, no. <laughs> that, I have that's, been... that's a good news because for that AEW show, if there's a photo and it's like you can't let the guy with a beard and glasses in, that fucking show's gonna have no one in it. <laughs> <laughs> No cargo shorts. None. Uh, hey, I bought shorts that are not cargo shorts recently, so I'm moving up. Bravo. I'm moving up in the world. <laughs> Finally, it's 2019. <laughs> Don't need those pockets on the side. But I yes. do, though. I miss them. I miss my cargo short pockets. It's, it's okay, buddy. It's They're okay. practical. They I are. I put my phone, my keys, chargers, drugs, <laughs> pornography, Midget oh, you, hookers, you, you, <laughs> everything. You fit everything in there. Got little little sexy Marco stunt in your back pocket. <laughs> Goddamn right I do. Logan's in the front pocket. <laughs> Meet in the middle. You're a the little stunt, stunt sandwich. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm ending this show. Bye. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Roughhouse at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N seven lowercase C three lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph, he's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is the rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty?
The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. Do you have a little wrestling fan who's just bad at math? Are you worried they won't get their multiplication tables this year? Well, Booker T is here to help you with learning math with Booker T. Bob Tab! Bob Tab! Bob Tab! Booker T will help you with your multiplication, like what? Bob Tab! 25 is. Or what? Bob Tab! 8 is. If you order now, we'll throw in another educational tape for you. Learning fractions and percentages with Scott Steiner. So, small Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance, minus my 25% chance, and you've got an 8 and a third chance of winning. That's learning math with Booker T. And if you can't learn math with Booker T, you are definitely a sucker!